We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle beat Arsenal by one goal to nil. It's in James's Park on Saturday night to make a good week even better. Arsenal are no longer unbeaten. Newcastle United surge into sixth place and are much closer to the sides above us as we head to Dortmund on Tuesday. It couldn't have gone much better tonight. Big win, big clean sheet, big performances all over the pitch as usual. We're going to get into it. We're on Patreon. It's only three to eight pounds a month. Come and join us. It keeps this show going and you get loads more of this type of thing as we build up to Dortmund on Tuesday. And we're going to have loads of content from Germany as well as all four of us in this podcast and many other True Faith podcasters are going. Can't wait for that. But let's talk about tonight's side. It was wet. It wasn't a great game, but it simply, surely, is the biggest win of the season so far. Oh, comfortably, comfortably the biggest win of the season. I think um, if you look at the league table now, we're three points off the top four. That's the that's the takeaway from tonight. You know, beating the unbeaten champions elect because last season they should have won the league. This season they're talking about winning the league. Well, we've just just played them off the park. It's in James's park. So um, yeah, hundred percent biggest game, biggest result we've had, um, and that that includes a season that had PSG four one at home, by the way. Mm-hmm. But this this means more um, in terms of where we want to be by the end of the season, and yeah. Um, in terms of how we, man for man, eleven v eleven, dictated the way that game played out was just was 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 one of the spectacles of this one. So we we, we dominated them. We didn't dominate them. Dominate them probably the wrong word, but we we were the better the better man for man team throughout that game, and and we just deserved we deserved it. Is probably what I'm trying to get to. It's massive. It's just it's massive. Getting three points off Arsenal at home. The atmosphere tonight was brilliant. Um, everybody was up for it. There was only a sort of nervous moment right at the end there. It is huge. It, we, t- we keep talking about the importance of building on last season. And one of the main ways that we do that is by beating those lower tables uh, sides and then and then trying, you know, with these quote-unquote more difficult games. But that... I don't want to say it looked easy tonight because there were some scrappy moments and there were some a lot of yellow cards and stuff like that, but... Um, it was we, we were the clear um, front runners all, all game pretty much, and um, it is so important in terms of where we are in the season, where we are in this journey, where we are as a team, where we are as a club, and yeah, we've we've beat, we've beat Arsenal. It's mint. I think it, it was a game of very fine margins, wasn't it? And that's the beauty of it is that we've we've actually come out on the right end of with one of these. I think. Um, We've, we've been a bit unfortunate in, in some games in terms of the chances we've wasted and things like that. The, we obviously got the one big chance tonight and, and stuck it away. That was massive. 
Um, and then the way we were held on at the end there, I mean, the, we came under an immense amount of pressure with a lot of players missing and all kind of on, on the last legs. Um, and and we've, we've seen out a, a game fairly comfortably in terms of what, what Nick Pope's had to do in that match. Um, we've we've seen seen out one of the best teams in, in the league. Um, and it's it's just a massive, massive win. I think obviously that any success we have this season is going to be built on our home form and, and it's imperative that we kind of establish ourselves as a dominant team at home. And, and the only way you can do that is by beating the good teams in the league. And obviously we, we all know about that, that Liverpool game, but that kind of rights the wrongs of that almost for me tonight. That was a massive, massive game to 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 pinch really. I mean, I, I, I kind of get what the other guys are saying, but there, was, there wasn't a lot in that game, but we, we did enough to win it. And uh, that's the most pleasing things that we've, um, it kind of feels like we've turned a draw there into a win and, and we haven't done that, I don't think, yet this season. To do it tonight was really, really satisfying. Yeah, we've turned wins into draws so far. Mm-hmm. This is turning a draw to win. That's a good way to put it. Um, I just think that um, Newcastle d- deserved it tonight. I think I think we we we, we use the 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 occasion, use the the crowd, use the um, the refereeing performance, which I'm sure we've got <laughs> a lot to talk about. But my God, um, it, it helped it helped ignite the stadium. It helped ignite. Mm-hmm. And, and and Charlie, you talk about unity in early every week on this podcast currently. I want to talk about unity here because that 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 helped. You've taken my point. Um, yeah, there was there I'm was the, every, everything <laughs> kind of pulled together, and there was only one winner. I really felt there was only one winner. Yes, we, we got a bit lucky. You're right. There's times this season where we felt like we probably deserved more from from the game, and that one probably is one where we, we've got more than what we deserved. You could argue a draw would be in fine. Like, you know what? Mm. I would have been happy with a the defeat there. I would have been happy if we'd lost to Arsenal tonight. No one would have said a word. No one would have said that was that that that's unacceptable or. Had to go to Eddie Howe. Had to go to the players, mm. um, and we've got the points from it for once. So I think that's that's really important because there are that this is a season where we need them. We really need those mm-hmm. points, and I would have I would have one hundred percent let them off this this game, especially based on the the injuries, the fixtures we've had, and everything else that's going on. I would have let them off, but but the fact we've got three points is a massive step in a direction that I'm not familiar with, it, it, which is good. The, 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 I'll build on that because the crucial thing about tonight and maybe we've missed a little bit of this context with Champions League, League Cup playing so regularly. We went into this game tonight in eighth. Mm. We, we, are, we are better than eighth. We are a better side than eighth mm. place in the league. Mm. And uh, we could talk about drop points at Wolves and West Ham and, and the last 10 against Liverpool. But simple fact is if Newcastle had lost tonight, they'd be eighth in the league and they'd be 10 points behind Arsenal. We're four points behind yeah. them such a crucial win in terms of the context of the rest of the season if, if Arsenal go 10 clear of us there's a long way to go we probably aren't catching them we're not going to make up 10 points on a team looking to challenge for the league across the season but we'll make up four yeah. we'll make up four we have dragged Arsenal back towards us we have dragged ourselves closer to that top five and there, you know there's a danger tonight if, if we'd lost this tonight and, and Villa go and get a win tomorrow you're, you're ending up um you no know, eight points behind Villa, who was, who was smashed five one on the open day of the season after just eleven games. Yeah. It was so important Newcastle got a win tonight to 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 bring themselves into the comp- uh, the conversation for Champions League football. And I just think the way that the players and the manager um, managed the game in terms of two teams played each other, who basically said, "I don't think you can break us down to the other team. We're going to get everyone behind the ball. We're going to be compact. We're not going to press." particularly uh, as high as both teams normally would mm-hmm. um, in, in other games. And for Newcastle to be the side out of the two who were able to raise their game, raise their intensity, raise their attacking play in the second half, 
that is incredibly satisfying for me because like you you've you've all kind of just said on such games or seasons formed or, or or kind of stories built because it wasn't a good game of football tonight but I don't think Newcastle in, in any circumstance lose that game. Arsenal don't test Nick Pope. Mm-hmm. Arsenal don't get in the, behind Newcastle United. Everything's out wide. Arsenal don't want to cross the ball. Arsenal don't want to do a lot of the things that we made them do tonight. And they have no answer to us. And I thought we'll get into Mikel Arteta a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But I actually think everyone talks about the, the 2-0 defeat for Arsenal at St. James's Park, which was class and ruined Arsenal's Champions League uh, football uh, two seasons ago or qualification for it. Everyone talks about the, the importance of that to, to their journey. I actually think Mikel Arteta has allowed the nil-nil at their place to get into their heads to such an extent that he's come to St. James's Park two seasons in a row and completely changed the way Arsenal approach games, mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. changed. And this yeah. time, Eddie Howe had a plan for it. Eddie Howe said, let them waste time. Let them take time out of the game. Let them slow the game down. We're going to do it too. And then when, just like we did against Manchester City in the Cup, um, when it gets to halftime, we are going to up our level and they're not going to be able to respond. And they didn't have a response tonight. And, and we're going to talk about the goal in a bit. But I don't think that if that goal doesn't stand or, or, that, or that thing doesn't happen, I still think Newcastle United win that game. Despite the injuries, despite the bad luck of having to bring Jacob Murphy on and then come off again, Newcastle were just better than Arsenal tonight. And it's not it's not so much a smash and grab win. Um, it's a win that I thought Arsenal, con- sorry, Newcastle controlled the game, particularly in the second half. You know, for mm. the first 20, 30 minutes, Arsenal were the better team, controlled the game, did fuck all with it. Mm. Did fuck all with it. When Newcastle controlled the game, when Newcastle were in the ascendancy, they got the goal. And it's like you said, Sai, that, that is what you have to do to win games of football against good sides, and they did it tonight. Uh, just a couple more words then from from one of you on on what was a famous atmosphere, really. I mean, Sai, you talked about it from a unity perspective, but I thought Arsenal couldn't handle that atmosphere in the second half. Yeah, um, 5.30 Saturday always helps, you know, it's a, it's a bit more time for people to be in the pubs, etc. But yeah, I think the, the as I said before, the referee really helped that atmosphere because it mm. really gave us something to get a unite, unite behind. There was a villain on the pitch and it wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even the opposition, it was the referee and, and it really helped us because he was giving us the stupid decisions and he was kind of failing to give us the decisions we needed, but they weren't really impacting the game. You couldn't argue that the referee... It, uh, caused us any real mishaps in the game. He just was missing loads of little things, and it was annoying everyone. And it was really getting the crowd rallied behind the team, and it kind of, it kind of riled the players and the bench as well. And I think that's what what got us going, especially in the second half. It, it kind of just like there was a bit of a, a unique energy about we're against everything here, and it, it just it just helps in these kind of situations. And yeah, I think um, it almost willed us to score that goal. It, it, <laughs> It made it even better that after five, six, seven, I don't know how many minutes we spent waiting for that goal to be given. It even kind of made that feel more special because of how stupid the refereeing display had been so far. Um, and yeah, I think the, the atmosphere was up there with one of the best. It, it, had, a, it had a feel of Chelsea last season, um, just before the World Cup, where we were coming up against Arsenal thinking, wait, wait. At the start of the game, everyone was willing to take a point. Everyone was willing to take a draw. As the game went on, it's like, you know what? I'm into this. We're mm. going to win this game. We're, 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 we're presenting ourselves really well. Everyone's playing well. Man for man, we are good. And the, the atmosphere just grew throughout that game to, towards the end where it was like, yep, we've absolutely outdone these. Uh, sorry. I think the players fed the crowd and the crowd fed the players. Yeah. Bruno was particularly angry tonight. He yeah. was doing lots of very, like, angry. He was very lucky tonight. I'm sure we'll get into it, but um, he was very lucky tonight for myriad reasons, not just the the yellow that he eventually got, but like a lot of the m- moves he was doing on the pitch that it just just were out of eye shot. So, um, 
So regardless, you could just see there was a there was some kind of passion or some kind of energy on the pitch tonight with him and a few other players that just fed the crowd. The crowd was so up for it tonight. They were so loud. You know, a lot has been said about the atmosphere at St. James's Park at certain games throughout the season. Um, and there have been criticisms levied at the crowd, but it was just every corner of the ground tonight from my perspective was singing at any at any one time and it was just yeah it was just a, a really great atmosphere the whole crowd was up for it. it was up for a smashing arsenal i think we've acknowledged on this podcast that newcastle at home to crystal palace newcastle at home to burnley brentford wasn't going to have the same atmosphere that maybe had the year before when it was kind of back to the wall and newcastle were kind of this rising force or even the year before where we were, were literally scrapping for every point we knew that those games were now going to become a bit more uh, expectation laden where everyone's expecting Newcastle to win but it I'm glad to see that these big occasions against Arsenal have mm-hmm. still got that impact we've still got the 12th man effect we've still got this this support absolutely willing the team to win which 100% helped tonight special shout out as well to Kai Havertz because I think that, that <laughs> tackle from him was True. kind of the the first big catalyst to, to kind of get everyone I mean there were obviously a couple of decisions before I think that people were getting on but um yeah, it just that Newcastle, like St James, is just a special night, isn't it? Especially these evening games, when everyone is behind, like behind one common cause. And tonight it was the ref. Um, but like, I mean, I remember like there's, there's been games against like Man U at home, and and even that Arsenal game. There's, there's been times where we've it's almost like we've needed a like, catalyst to, to kind of get the the ground mm. rocking. And uh, yeah, that was that was the the, the one tonight was uh, that that refereeing performance and. Yeah, it just, it just, it, you can see it helped the players, especially in that second half when Arsenal had a lot of the ball. But they, as you rightly said, they didn't really do anything with it. But we would, we were still running around like men possessed. I mean, Bruno's little two-minute cameo of sprinting around like the whole pitch, tra- chasing a ball like a wild dog, <laughs> was just class. But that was literally fueled by the kind of the, the energy from the class, from the ground. So yeah, it was unreal. You've just reminded me, Sai, that's that is now four home uh, league wins in a row without conceding a goal decent and then i look at our you know the next home fixtures to come it seems like we hardly play at home looking at these fixtures here but never mind that in the next home games we've got chelsea are great man united are dog shit um <laughs> fulham aren't great forest are poor man city are good luton are really poor bournemouth are poor wolves uh, and then west ham and that and then everton and that takes us like kind of through to april so we've, we've played probably won the league by that point <laughs> yeah if you think of who we played we played man city in the cup we played liverpool had a, a mad last time to throw the game away uh we've played arsenal at home there aren't any that we've played villa at home and smashed them mm-hmm. once again it's looking like newcastle united are an unmovable force at home and, and just games like tonight and wins like tonight just reinforce that so much not just in terms of the league table and the points total but in terms of teams when they come to St James's Park in future, know that it's an almost mm. an impossible come place to come and play football and leave with all three points. We're going to finish part one there. Thanks so much for listening so far. A few adverts coming up. If you want to get these pods without any of the adverts or even me referencing them, uh, it's only £3 a month on our Patreon platform. Link in the description back after these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Let's talk about the goal. I don't know if you people listening to this have heard Mikel Arteta <laughs> speak to Sky or the BBC yet, but it is a must-listen. What a crybaby. What a joke. <laughs> Fuck me. Anyone want to agree with him? Not that he makes any particular arguments to latch on to, but does anyone agree that it's an embarrassment and a disgrace and, 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 and he's wasting his time getting paid millions of pounds a year to put I mean, a bad football team out of the top no shots? He is wasting his time because <laughs> he's just got no chance of getting a result at St. James's playing with his team playing like that. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's embarrassing for him, the fact that that's his take on the game. I mean, it, it's almost like he's trying to um, kind of move the... Um, the kind of the the blame from the fact that his team turned up to St James tonight and did fuck all. Like, there's, I mean, if 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 any of the reporters had any balls about them, would say, hang on a minute, a second, Michael, what what did you actually do tonight to try and win that game? Yeah. You just wasted time from literally the first minute. Um, you just haven't really like created <laughs> any clear cut chances. You've hardly put Jamal Lascelles and Dan Byrne and all the rest of the kind of supposed weak weak. Um, we characters in, in Newcastle's back four under pressure, and and really you've even when you had all the ball in the last ten, well ten plus the eight minutes of injury time, like what did you do with it? Fuck all that. That's embarrassing, mate. Can I just read what you said? Yeah, I just, like, want, I just want to say before you do. Um, one of our patrons has commented, "Michael Arteta, tears of a clown." <laughs> really, really funny. Amazing. Um. Yeah, so he has said in his post-match press conference, we can't play it otherwise. We, we talked about it before. Yeah. We were like, oh, I wish we could put that in, but can't. Um, how the hell does this goal stand? It's absolutely incredible. I feel embarrassed. It's an absolute disgrace that this goal is allowed. An absolute disgrace. It is not a goal for many reasons, <laughs> for more than one at least. But again, as you say, Alex, absolutely no substantiation there. So, you know, give us was one of those... Yeah, was the ball out, Mikel? Because, because VAR... Decided it was in. Do you disagree with that? And, and, and based he's on got, what? Can he, based like, on what, Michael? Yeah, yeah he's ba- got based good on eyesight. what? He also said that he's been in this country for twenty years and he's embarrassed. <laughs> 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 We're not making you live here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Move abroad. Go. The weird thing is that the, the, the goal in. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen Keezy and Gray. They've obviously got the the world leading technology on being sports, <laughs> and they've definitely d- deemed this to be in. But um. The only angles I've seen where they're showing it's definitely out is the ones where it's like you're about 10 yards behind play. So obviously you need to be in line with the ball to right. determine whether it's out. So, if that so let's, like that. let's go through it then. And I mean, let's talk about what happened first. So 
Uh, really important thing happened in this game, and that's my preconceived opinion was proved right. I think Joe, <laughs> I think Joe Linton, and I've said it on podcasts since before the start of the season, I think he's a great midfielder. I think he's really good for Newcastle. When Willock is fit, and, and, and hard lines make on around here, when Willock is fit, our left side needs to be Willock with Joe Linton ahead of him. And for the first time this season, we did it, and within about a minute, <laughs> we scored with Joe Linton on a ball from Shaw, which will happen, that's what they like to do together. Yeah. Um, and and Willock's involved and Joe Linton's involved. And, and it's just Arsenal. Arsenal can't deal with that change. They can't deal with it. So Fabian Shaw's got no options, plays a brilliant ball at the top. Joe Linton, fantastic chest, drives into the heart of Arsenal's defence. I think he's possibly taken out and it could be a penalty, by the way. No one's talking about that um, and I haven't seen a replay. But <laughs> I think he's taken out and was screaming for a penalty at the time. Um, the ball goes, I think it's Jacob Murphy who puts the ball in. Um, before his unfortunate injury again. And anyway, it, it's too, there's too much on it. And Joe Willock, no Arsenal player runs after it, by the way. Mm. No Arsenal player goes after the ball. Joe Willock keeps it in, survives a um, testicular assault from the corner flag <laughs> to, <laughs> to put a ball into the box. Here's the important thing for, for that Mikel Arteta takes no notice of me. What the fuck is your goalkeeper doing? Yeah. He is nowhere. <laughs> he, he misses the ball by about three feet. Then he's on the floor. Joe Linton is behind Saliba, who possibly heads the ball for some mad reason, back towards Anthony Gordon, who smashes it in the net. So number one, VAR determines the ball is in play. Number two, uh, there is no foul on from Joe Linton to Saliba. Yeah. And number three, um, there is no offside between um, Anthony Gordon and Joe Linton, probably because it's Saliba, even if it's inconclusive. Mm-hmm. I will want to open up to you to you guys, but the question I'd love to ask Mikel Arteta is which one of those things do you disagree with? Because VAR spent an incredible amount of time trying to find a reason to disallow that goal. The behaviour of the Arsenal players and therefore of the referee, who instead of telling Arsenal players to fuck off, uh, allowed himself to be surrounded and talked at this is potentially before he has to go over to a, to a monitor to give their point of view. The whole thing was a complete farce. To me, it was a goal. They checked it, they checked it, they checked it. It was a goal. Does anyone think that we got lucky in any respect? No, I don't think we got lucky. Well, I think we... No, because it was scale, it was goal. Willock chasing after that ball, that's an incredible display of athleticism, keeping it in play, crossing it over, creating that chance for us. That's just magnificent. Um, it wasn't, it isn't just luck. It's like, I don't, I think the element of luck is removed when it gets checked by VAR three different times for three different things. Like it is being checked. The The referee gave it, then the VAR are checking it because they're not sure, whatever, whatever. Um, it, it, it almost like people around me and me were laughing by the time the third one came up, the VAR check, because I could see the big screen in the, in the ground, you know, VAR check, I think was the last one was possible offside. After the, yeah, it was um, possible, ball, uh, out, of ball out of play, foul, and then offside. When the foul one came up, someone behind me was like, I bet they check it for offside next. Like, ha, yeah. like how ridiculous. And then that came up, and then it was just like, what the fuck is going on? They could not find anything wrong with that goal. There wasn't anything wrong with that goal. I think what was telling to me was that at no point did any Arsenal players protest that the ball was out of play in real time, by yeah. the way, in real time. So there's no one saying that's definitely out. You know, that, That's normal when you think, after a while, if, if, they're, if they're all saying yeah, it, yeah. it's probably more likely. At no point was the Arsenal players protesting about an offside because there wasn't an offside. I don't know what offside they were supposedly looking for. Like you say, Dodzy, they seemed to be looking for any reason to disallow this goal. And then it was just kind of a case of 
they, they surrounded the referee and said, you've got to find a reason to disallow this. And then the referee said to the lads, any any reason we can disallow this? And then the VAR lads took six or seven minutes to, <laughs> to, to, to check every, every rule book they could because... There was no reason to disallow that goal. In real time, nobody thought that's not a goal. It wasn't until the, everything yeah. stopped that it was like, oh, is there a reason to VAR this? And then all of a sudden, all these things came up because in real time, that just felt like a normal goal, a natural goal. We all celebrated like it was a natural goal. There's no reason. Sometimes if you celebrate a goal that's offside, you think, oh, well, I know that's probably going to get flagged and I'm probably going to have to wait. At no point was I expecting yeah. a VAR there, which is Ant- weird. Anthony Gordon didn't execute yeah. a 9 out of 10 knee slide for it to be overturned by VR right? <laughs> he, f- he fully expected that to be a goal Be- better or worse than uh, Hall's worse, worse. Um, worse comprehensively worse the, the big thing that for me fantastic. was just the, the determination from all of our lads like mm. at every point in that goal um, from from the point that Joe Linton chests it with about three players trying to knock him off the ball he just barrels through the ball and as you as you say he kind of ends up on the ground I think in, in October and then the determination in, of, of Willock to get there keep it in whip it back in and then the fact that it's Joe Linton again like wrestling at the back post um, and, and it falls to, to Gordon who sticks it in we just deserved it because we, we put so much effort in to make, to, to make that goal it wasn't as if we, we got any you're saying kind of luck or whatever but it, we made if, if there was any luck involved we made that because of the kind of the determination and the, the effort that we, we put in chasing every kind of ball down and, and putting them under pressure I mean there's a point where I think where Joe Linton chests it down I think it's either Salibro or Gabriel has a, a chance to clear it and kind of fucks it up because he's under so much pressure. And it, it, that goal doesn't come if, if, like, as you say, Newcastle haven't got Joe Linton and Willock bearing down, putting putting that team under pressure. And, uh, yeah, no, it was a satisfying one. I think the luck we got was that Stuart Atwell didn't disallow the goal. Because mm. so, if the goal had been disallowed and then they'd try to find a reason to give it, they wouldn't have given it uh, for whatever so reason. Fair, but. The way he refereed tonight, he couldn't have given any decision. He didn't have a clue what happened. <laughs> that was a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 you know, there's a, there's a, an image doing the round on social media where, with the ball cleared out of play. And then, like you say, Sai, BN Sport claim that they've got the same technology that VAR used, which, which show it was in play. And like you correctly also say, Sai, the, the angle of the ball being out of play isn't in line with the ball mm-hmm. and the line. Yeah. It's from like, like 10 yards above and 10 yards away at least. At the end of the day, it just it, it was given yeah. like it was given we, we, we've yeah. all sat here and, and watched football and reacted to football and done podcasts about shit refereeing decisions and VAR controversies the goal was given Arsenal had what eight minutes in the first half and four minutes in the sorry eight minutes in the second half four yeah. minutes in the first half 12 minutes additional time to yeah. play I was going to say if, there's, there's like nearly 40 minutes after that goal yeah not like, far off to, to, to do something about it I understand that, that when, when you feel aggrieved it's fine but Arsenal did nothing else to, to win that game okay at the at best, they've had a nil-nil draw taken off them. Arsenal are supposed to be going for the league title. I think even those optimistic of Newcastle fans, of which I'd like to believe I am one, would say Newcastle United are not going to be in the title race this season. Arsenal came here and didn't trouble Nick Pope. They, they didn't really trouble Jamal Lascelles and Fabian Scher, who were excellent. Newcastle scored a goal and defended that goal. Newcastle had to put up with their left-back going off injured. They had to put up with one of their subs going off injured again. They had to bring on Matt fucking Ritchie, who, <laughs> like, you know, Matt, Matt Ritchie, fair play to him. He's done, he's done great at, at Old Trafford, but I don't think that was the plan. I don't think that was the, 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 the purpose of the season by the start of November, was to have Matt Ritchie coming off the bench. Newcastle have rolled with their punches, and Arsenal just seem aggrieved that they didn't win the game. And ultimately, when all of their players surround the referee, it's almost like they're upset just because the, the the whole purpose of Arsenal's game plan was to not concede. doesn't matter what happens offensively, we won't concede today. Will you conceded? And it shows up the whole of the game plan. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the referees, other decisions. 
Um, Charlotte, you were right in front of the Sean Longstaff t- tackle from your position in yes. the Melbourne. Thoughts? Well, I've, I've watched it back, and I think you probably could make the argument for a yellow, but I, it look, I, I, th- I still think a red card's not going to get overturned there. I think he goes at it, he jumps, it's both, he's, he's off the ground, he's, he's late to the ball, so the ball's left Sean Longstaff's feet long before he comes in, um, and, he's, and both feet are off the ground. I think it's an incredibly dangerous tra- tackle, and a really stupid one as well. Like, there's no need. that we, well, The ball was in a particularly dangerous position for Arsenal at that point. We just, we just had it. Um, so Longstaff goes down, and, 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 it, and then when the the yellow comes out, that's when everybody starts going mental because it 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 did seem like a like a sort of light decision from the referee. And uh, there had been some funny decisions on on the field at that up to that point. And people were a bit certainly people around me were like, "This referee hasn't got a fucking clue." Like blah blah blah, all of that stuff. And then, do you want me to go on to sort of like the well, aftermath? And any any well, let's talk. Any disagreements with Charlotte thinks it was a red card on Longstaff? Uh, the thing that shocked me was like live. I was like, that's a definite red. And I could not believe that he instantly was pulling out a yellow. Mm. Great um, point. Like, is in he's seen that in live in real time, close with, to it, with a, a player jumping off the ground. <laughs> And I, I thought at the time he'd gone in like higher than and then he had to. I think the, the replay shows that he, he's on the ground when he makes the contact, but he's dived into that. Um, in terms of all of the parameters that you need for a red card, <laughs> like it, t- it ticks most of the boxes. And I've seen far far better tackles given were like given reds. Mm. It, it was just that the speed of his decision to yeah. write it off as a yellow was was like he, 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 infuriating because it's like you haven't even he sprints over to the incident with the yellow card yeah, yeah, yeah it's like give it's, yourself it's, a second and it, it you know the way VAR works is they are gonna try and stick with the referees on field decisions so you've not even given you, yourself a, like or VAR a chance to to look at it properly because the second you pull out that yellow you know it's gonna have to be a horror tackle um to to, to give a red if it was a red it doesn't get overturned but mm, because he gives mm-hmm. a yellow, it's like, right, does it fit all these things to be a red? And I think, having seen it back, it's probably, it's it's a bad yellow, but it's probably not enough to be a red. But but I, I think had it been a red at the time, which I thought it was, it doesn't get overturned. Yeah, It's it's reckless and or yeah. dangerous. Uh, one of those parameters is, is good enough for a red card, either mm-hmm. or. Um, and then... What was more frustrating about that whole period of play for me was that the, the, the yellow card was brandished again. I think it's Cher. Is it Cher? Yeah, I, Cher I thought at the one. time he'd, he'd booked Hal because Cher was stood next to Hal going, this is a disgrace or something <laughs> to that effect. But I think I, I don't think they were being that animated. I feel like they were just questioning, can't yeah, you look at this? That's a really dangerous challenge. Like, And then the ref was like, nope, yellow card to you as well. Like, It just felt yeah. so stupid the way the, that that whole period played out. Longstaff's yellow card was the most mental one yeah. because um, that ha- also was right in front of me because it was still in the same area that it happened. And it was, um, he went up to the linesman who had seen the um, the, f- the foul happen and, and sort of was saying like, you saw it, why didn't you say, like, why didn't you yeah. say? And the linesman just like ignored Longstaff beckoned the referee over and t- was like, he's being mean to me. And the referee gave him a yellow. Referee yeah. didn't even see this interaction happen, but he was like, he's he's giving me lip and, and he just pulls so it out straight away. He's like, fuck off. Did Newcastle get three yellows from that incident or two? Yeah. Three. Yeah, it was, it was Cher, Long... Uh, yeah, no, it was Cher, Longstaff. Two from that, and, two from the incident. Um, I okay. thought we got three. 
So somebody said Gordon, but I don't think he. Yeah. What, what, one of the most interesting things from all of this, if you take out the referee's decision making or lack of, it's the fact that Havertz is doing this at all. This is a bloke who almost fractured Dan Burns' skull. We didn't get a free kick for it a yeah, couple of years ago form. at Chelsea. He's got form right. for it against Newcastle players, and to do that at that moment of the game, I think it just from to see Arsenal's attacking players doing that as much. It's just a sign that they had they had nothing. We got before the goal, we got to sixty, and I thought they've they've got nothing here. They 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 they, they don't have a plan. They, they they're going to recycle the ball. They're going to go back to front. They're going to go side to side. They're going to go inside. It's always coming back out wide. Newcastle defended so well in the central areas. Arsenal just had nothing, and I think that action from Havertz there was just frustration that they, yeah. they were going nowhere fast. Ultimately, so Arteta can get as upset as he wants post game. I'll, I'll, I'll take it back to the central point. They weren't very good today. Yeah, they, by, they lost, by better players. They, they lost a close game, a scrappy game. They lost, and if you don't have any shots, or you have any chances, that's going to happen. You leave yourself in that position. Um, Bruno Gomares was lucky. Mm-hmm. Sai, you disagree? I think. Um, no, obviously it it was caught on camera, and when you look at it, and he's gone and elbowed the bloke in the, in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is a bit lucky, but it's not an elbow. I, it's a forearm. My my, my only <laughs> argument loud. for this is that you, if you ever like speak to former footballers, as we often get to do with this podcast, like stuff like that goes on all the time. There's mm. leave an elbow in, leave a foot in. You, you kind of off the ball. There was a bit of that goes on, and it, it felt no different from any other kind of. You give a bit of a knock. I mean, he does go an elbow to the, the head, which is probably a little bit risky. But in my opinion, that sort of thing goes on all the time in football. And it's probably not as big a deal as some are now trying to make it just to kind of say, oh, Bruno should have been sent off. I just, nah. you, I bet stuff like that goes on every single game. You might be right, Ben, that the fact that it's a forearm mm-hmm. is in get the fuck out of my way yeah. Yeah. rather than it's I'm going to use elbow. my elbow yeah. to, to your head. But I'm, I, not, I'm not trying to fracture your skull. I'm yeah. just trying to move your head out of the way <laughs> while I run to the ball. Yeah, just fuck <laughs> off your bell end, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he's lucky, though. I think, if again, if, if VAR decide to give that as, uh, as a red, there's not loads yeah, you, you, you yeah. can say. And the, the referee, generally, That's Arsenal fans... Arsenal, yes, yeah, fifth, fifth yellow card, Bruno, so he misses Bournemouth and we don't win without Bruno, so that'll be a big game for, for the rest of the lads to try and overcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ultimately, I feel like Newcastle there, though, the, the, the referee, I don't I don't want to, we've done, what, 15 minutes in the referee? So I want to say, don't make well the referee, <laughs> yeah. a 15 minutes segment of the referee. You're going to get shit refs, you're going to get bad VAR calls, Newcastle won 1-0 without really, they defended very well, but, but Arsenal didn't have a chance, so... The referee was was terrible. Both sides seemed to think he was terrible. I thought actually he stopped Newcastle several times um, from getting a second because every time we seemed to break any contact with an Arsenal player was a foul. Yeah. That Bruno Gamara's one where Bruno kind of got punched in the throat and stuck <laughs> his arm out to protect himself, and and, and Arsenal got a got a free kick. Uh, you know the referee wasn't good. That's fine. It wasn't good for either side. That's also fine. Newcastle still won the game. Newcastle Newcastle reacted. Charlotte, like you said before. Joe Willock just cracks on. Yeah, you know Joe Willock's not thinking. Oh, the ball's out. I'll stop playing. He's not thinking. Oh, that's good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave it. Newcastle played the conditions. Newcastle played the referee better than Arsenal and won the game. And that's what we're here to celebrate. We're gonna finish part two there. A couple more adverts coming up before part three of the show. We have to talk about some of the big, big performances in this game. And I suppose one of the key players that is getting a lot of praise post-match on social media is Jolinton who starts the game uh, in left and field, finishes the game as left forward, but has a massive, massive impact on that goal and on the game in general. And Sai and Charlotte, I know both of you are absolutely buzzing with his performance, so who wants to take it away on him? 
Go ahead, Zai. I'll, I'll start. Yeah, um, I just think that was the the Joe Linton of old. The, I say of old, not of old two years. Not young old, 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 but like yeah, the, but the second the, old. Joe Linton of recent old. Re, um, <laughs> Joe Linton reborn. Yeah, um, he was back to his dominant best. He bossed that midfield, and mm-hmm. I think there were there were times in that game where it was a real, real like knife edge game of football, and um, it was taking one mistake from one team for the other to get in, and. We were on top of everything. I thought all 11 players stood up and, and counted today. But every time there was like a, an opportunity for Arsenal where we were a little bit a yard short and they had a player in about a yard of space, Joe Linton would appear three seconds later and he would close that space. He would make the challenge. He would shut down that problem. Um, I, I just think that happened about 18 times across the game where they would get the ball. They would find a little bit of a chance to, to break at us and Joe Linton would just appear out of nowhere. And this basically, giant mountain. basically, like clothesline the player, but like legally, obviously, <laughs> um, but just like just cut cut everything out. And um, on top of that, I think going forward, he, he, he's looking a bit more his, his usual self as well. He's looking comfortable on the ball. Mm-hmm. He's he's knocking the ball around players. He's playing one twos with Bruno. He's playing one twos with Gordon. He just looks the footballer we were getting back end of last season. And you're right, Dodds. He he looks almost more comfortable in the forward role, but against a team like Arsenal. His role in that midfield is pretty, pretty important today because he was the one kicking ass. He was. He was. It was. It was so solid defensively as well. I mean, he was. Uh, they had a corner and he he cleared it very comfortably with a header. He was, um, like you say, everywhere all at once. He is such a physical presence on mm. the pitch and also his pace definitely looks like it's back to where it was. I think we've all been talking about um, the fact that is, he's been slightly off the pace like lately. But, you know, fitness comes back and you get back on into your rhythm. And I think um, I think t- to your point, moving him was, was smart from, from Eddie Howe and, and it worked really well. Um, in the game, um, and uh, and and he was integral in that goal as well. He was a, a, a massive part of that. So his in his, his sort of physical presence with Saliba, it, you know, frees up Gordon to to make sure that he's got the ball and and he can put it in the net. So that was really good. And I also kind of want to praise Joe Linton's maturity because I feel like he's showing a lot of leadership on the pitch as well, um, particularly in in sort of in um response to Bruno's kind of um anger <laughs> or passion today there were moments where Joe Linton was calming him down and everything there was a, a moment where Bruno didn't get a yellow but he was um sort of about to he was having an argument with one I can't remember who was an Arsenal player and then the, the referee comes over and and Bruno sort of starts to, to try and argue with the referee and Joe Linton's the one to kind of step him aside speak to the referee and, and move him back and I I just think, you know, he himself, like last season, was the person getting into those scraps mm-hmm. and um, and having those arguments. And now to see him sort of pick and choose his moments is just showing a, a, an, an extra bit of maturity to his game. So really nice to see. He's such a key player for Newcastle. I mean, you, you say he ended the game on left wing, but he actually ended the game almost like as a right back because um, they put him on Martinelli basically at the end yeah, of the game. Swap, to they show, swapped uh, Richard. Yeah. They? When, when obviously Gordon went up front, but um, they basically put Joe Linton on that right side to shut down Martinelli that would appear to be their only kind of out, out, outlet at the end uh, to cause Newcastle any issues. And that just, that kind of proves the trust that Howe's got in Joe Linton to go in and, and do that job that he, and he, he shut him down and, and won some massive, I mean, he won a huge throw in um, with a tackle at the end there to kind of buy a bit more time and kind of relieve, relieve a bit of the pressure. And he just had, as, as he said, Sai, he just had a dominant game where, and especially when you come up against Declan Rice, who is, has caused many a 
Newcastle centre mid problems in, in previous seasons. Like you need that Joe Linton figure to kind of go muscle to muscle with him almost and, and kind of the, the physical battle that you, you're going to get there. Like Joe Linton won, won that tonight for me. He he was everywhere um, smashing people around. And the other thing I think that he doesn't get a lot of credit for, and we, we were probably critical of him a couple of times when he, he took too many touches on the ball and, and kind of was getting crowded out. But they he is one of the few players at Newcastle that has kind of the confidence in his technical ability to get the ball down and play. And I think if you don't have that, then we end up giving possession back to, to Arsenal a lot more and, and we maybe don't get some of the footholds in the game that we do. The fact that he's willing to kind of get the ball down and, and play with Bruno, I think is a massive, uh, it's a key um, kind of cog in, in Newcastle's wheel to, to dominate games because if you haven't got the ball, you, you can't do it. And uh, I, th I think he's a key player in, in that. And, and yeah, he was just, he was outstanding tonight and obviously topped it off kind of with a, I'm going to give him the assess for the goal. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing on Joe Linton. Um, and this is a nice stat for Mikel uh, after he's uh, put, put a little outburst. Uh, Arsenal had 11 corners. Newcastle had zero, uh, by the way, which is interesting. But 11 corners, Joe Linton, every single time, especially when Sven Bottom's not in the team. Joe Linton. Or Dan Byrne's second half. Or Dan Byrne, that's mm -hmm. right, yeah. Uh, every time they had a corner, the ball comes in. And I, I, I might be wrong, but it feels like Joe Linton wins every single fucking header because he's such a, such a like big presence in the area. Uh, defensively in those occasions for set pieces and he, he won everything and, and th that that's why he's on the pitch that's why he's so important to us I wanted to talk about Fabian Cher and Jamal LaSalle but might have to wait for the review pod on Patreon because we're running out of time but they were both unbelievable tonight they both made some crucial last ditch tackles blocks uh, technically they were both excellent and I just think we are blessed to have two centre-backs who can perform so well in such conditions particularly when you know I don't think Jamal Hussle in particular would ever view himself as being rested for a League Cup game at Old Trafford and he's come back in today after by the way the lads beneath him um, Dummett and Kraft were brilliant so as well, well by the way so and probably both better on the ball technically than him so just fantastic performance from those two give Arsenal nothing through the middle of the pitch which especially really, the sales tonight yeah, yeah really pissed Arsenal off so that was great I just want to kind of finish the show talking about how this win um, can positively reflect on other performances and results this season. So we said uh, a week ago, um, a week ago, we said exactly a week mm -hmm. ago, 5.30 against Wolves. Uh, I sat here with you for, funnily enough, and we talked about the context of that Wolves result. And then I said, well, if you go and beat Arsenal, it's a good point. Mm. Yeah. And that's the most important thing about tonight for me. Yeah, it's frustrating that we didn't hold on to wins at West Ham and Wolves, but we're going away from home, picking up points, and we are winning our home games and winning them fairly comfortably. If you think back to Palace at home, Burnley at home, and Brentford at home, I honestly thinking back to those three games, I think Nick Pope made a save early on against Burnley, and he makes a save early on in the first half uh, against Brentford. That's it, mm. across four fixtures. Across four fixtures at home, he's barely had to make a save, which just reminds me of the best of Newcastle United last season. So... I get it because this time last week, in, in terms of the social media discourse, it's very much about bring on the substitutes. Why didn't you do this? It could have been different. We didn't play well. Mm -hmm. Okay, we aren't going to play well every week. Bournemouth away next weekend. They're not doing very well. They've lost 6 1 today, but we have to go to Germany and we have to then uh, reset again to play at Bournemouth. Maybe we won't win the game. I hope we do, and I think we will. But if we can keep this up at home, if we can continue to beat sides like we are at home with the ease we are in terms of like defensively shutting them out. 
those points become extra valuable away from home because there's not the pressure on us to win every single game to, to, to keep up the pace. So tonight's win isn't just about tonight. It's, it also makes last week's draw against Wolves look better. It makes the draw at West Ham look better because we're a real force at home. And I suppose the other thing I want to say is this week could have been the week from hell. We could have got knocked out of the League Cup. We could have been but maybe not knocked out of the top four race, but it would have looked seriously difficult, seven, eight, nine points behind those teams above us to catch them. And then we still could be essentially knocked out of the Champions League if we lose on Tuesday. But for Newcastle to be under that kind of pressure and how to be under that kind of pressure with the absences that he's got to world-class footballers like Alexander Isak and Sven Botman in particular and to have come through with four scored, non-conceded, through to the quarterfinals and back up to six in the league, only four points behind Arsenal. Weeks don't get much better than this. And the, the man has showed his class. It's, it, it could be if we can go and do the business at Dortmund on Tuesday. Um one of the best weeks to be a Newcastle fan <laughs> in terms of doing the business when it mattered and how un Newcastle United is that to go and have these massive weeks and just kind of see everything out in the way that it's supposed to be done it's the opposition it's against as well isn't it it's, it's got to be taken into account I think it's important to point out that we brought on Tina Livermento at half time and then went on to win the game it was nil nil and then we brought on a fullback for a fullback and uh, went on to win the game but no I think um, humble pie humble pie indeed uh, I think what was quite telling about the subs today actually I thought they, they all improved the game again I thought how got the subs spot on but even with our injury ravaged side uh, Tonali betting ravaged side we're finding ways to impact games with these subs. The squad depth is really, really showing itself. I thought um, Willick, obviously coming off the bench, made a difference today again. Um, I thought even Richie <laughs> comes on and does a job. Like he mm. ran around and just bossed the place and Bothered just kind of helped them, helped see out that game. Um, we are seeing players contribute uh, despite the fact that we've got so few options off the bench. And we were worried about this period because of the injuries. And, and it's like, actually, why should we worry? We should go into Tuesday night now thinking actually any selection of those players because it happened tonight. That team wasn't what everyone was thinking. There was lots of variants despite the lack of uh, options where everyone was expecting to see Willock in the lineup. He'd been brilliant Wednesday. He thought he'd play again. He'd only played 60 minutes. He didn't. Uh, How went back to kind of the team you expected him to pick and, and it did a job and then off the bench. So um, I just think this team has got so much more to offer and there's other players that can come in and do it. I'm really, really hopeful for the for the coming fixtures right up to Christmas, despite all the injuries and kind of trouble that we have. I'm really looking forward to Tuesday and, and the, the games ahead. We'll leave it there. Thanks so much for listening. What a result. What a night at St. James's Park. Uh, we're on Patreon. It's between three and eight pounds a month. We'd love you to come and join us uh, next week alone. We've got a review, a further review of this game. We've got a Dortmund preview and then we're going to have loads of content uh, from Germany as we head over there uh, tomorrow actually or uh, we leave our Sunday depending on when you listen to this uh, so thanks very much to you guys for joining me thanks for listening and watching speak to you all very soon bye bye <laughs>